This is Difference Makers, and I'm your host, Adam Van Brimmer. On this episode, our guest is Marine Corps Sergeant Anthony Kingdom, the coordinator of the Savannah Area Toys for Tots Drive, which once again is looking to collect 20,000 toys for local children. Difference Makers is presented by the Savannah Economic Development Another episode of Difference Makers, where we interview Savannah area community leaders about what they do, how they do it, and why. Difference Makers hail from several sectors, including commerce, government, education, arts and culture, and philanthropy. Odds are you recognize the names, or at least the organizations, that these Difference Makers represent. This podcast is a chance to dive a little deeper. Our latest Difference Maker is Marine Corps Sergeant Anthony Kingdom with the Savannah Toys for Tots Foundation. As you'll hear, Kingdom is a fascinating young man and shares with us how he came to want to serve his country, his love for McDonald's, and how his list to Santa Claus includes a four-foot-tall Superman action figure. Then there's his involvement with the Toys for Tots and what the initiative means to him, the Marine Corps, and the community. approaching here and as we have done in our short history whenever we get to the holiday time of the year we try to bring in a difference maker that can talk about something that's holiday related of course last year we had major paul egan of the salvation army joining us and today we're very pleased to have sergeant anthony kingdom who is the coordinator for the local toys for tots drive here in southeast georgia and across the river in south carolina First of all, uh, Sergeant Kingdom, thanks very much for coming in. It's 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 a real pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. So Sergeant Kingdom is with the Landing Support Company. And if I butcher this, please, please fill me in. The Landing Support Company or the Combat Logistics Regiment number 45 right exactly right. perfect stationed <laughs> out at stationed out at Hunter Army Airfield. Yes, and uh, his detachment. Am I still right on, on the right path here? Mm-hmm. Is inspector instructor duty, and or that's the uh, that's our billet. That's a billet. Yes. So, yes. but basically, what you guys are charged with, aside from toys for tots, and we'll get to that, is mm-hmm. to train and work with uh, the reserve units. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, we uh, do our just um, what we're titled. Uh, we inspect and instruct the reserves that come in for their uh, monthly drills, just to make sure that uh, they have a, a uh, cornerstone and um, someone that's actually there um, at all times mm-hmm. to help them do their job when they come in. Okay. Pretty much to oversee. Oversee. Make mm-hmm. sure they're they're ready if called. Okay. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Right. So let's kind of start with you, as we usually mm-hmm. start with a bio on this, and I think uh, everybody is is seeing more and more of you. I, I mentioned the other day I saw you on on television, and they're going to get to yes kind of see you and know who you are. So. Tell us a little bit more about who you are. So, from what I understand, you were born in Texas, but you were raised pretty much a Georgian because you come from a military family. Yes, yes. Started off in El Paso, Texas, and uh, spent a good little bit of time there. Uh, moved on to uh, Germany for a little while, and then after that, went to good old Augusta, Georgia. Dad was in the Army doing what? Yes. Dad was in the Army. He was, uh, I believe, he was actually calm. So uh, he worked with all the radios and, and things like that. Okay. And uh, he jumped around a bit, but not really too much. Um, like I said, I only moved, uh, I only remember moving about three times. Yeah. Wow. So it must only, have been really good, yeah, really valuable. We're only in three locations, we moved twice. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, right. 
But uh, yeah, it was it was fun. I didn't mind the movies. It never really bothered me much. Um, so yeah, it was military family. Twenty two years in the army. Yeah, so it was fun. Growing up around Fort Gordon in Augusta, what was it like growing up in, in Augusta in that in that environment? It was it was fun. When uh when we got to Augusta and we knew we were gonna be there for a while, we can actually um, settle down and get some friends, mm-hmm. um, and we knew that we would be there for a while, so we wouldn't have to, you know, make friends and then move or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the area in Augusta we were in was it was it was a good area. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at first, you know, it felt like you know it wasn't much to do in Augusta, but you know as you <laughs> as you settle in and get to know the area, uh, it, it was. Uh, it was pretty fun. Right. It was uh, it was pretty good, and then they started building new things and new attractions. So um, it just got better. What were some of your interests? You athlete, uh, mm. worker? Yes, um, I was a big, big athlete. My uncle is actually uh, Roger Kingdom, who was a uh, two-time Olympic gold champion. I was say that sounds like so, a familiar uh, name. Yeah. yeah. So uh, track athlete, right? Of course, I wanted to follow everyone in our. Uh, family pretty much tried to follow that all the younger ones anyway um so we all we all did track of course it's like a tradition in family now um so we all do track and uh, i was big in football as well tried out for basketball didn't really make it so uh football and basketball were the biggest ones um did golf for a little while but track and uh football were the two main sports that i that i really enjoyed doing Um, track when you come from that kind of lineage it's a lot of pressure a lot of expectations what that was one thing we never had we never had a uh, pressure on us to actually perform in the same boat as our as our uncle um it was more so just you know go out and have fun and do your best pretty much um but of course we all did you know we wanted to make him proud mm-hmm. um so we, we would go out there and do as much as we can um try to win a few trophies for him mm-hmm like I said, try to make him proud a bit. Mm. Were the genetics strong? Were you were you yes. nearing his time? Nearing his times? Yeah, we. Um, I'll say uh, all of us, a lot of us were, but we all had. Uh, unfortunately, we all had things that held us back, mainly injuries. Um, like my cousins had some knee problems. I actually, uh, I messed up my ankle pretty bad actually in one one game in a football game. Yeah. So that uh that hindered me a bit, but it shouldn't have uh. I always look back at it and I say it shouldn't have hindered me as bad as I let it. You know? mm-hmm. um, I do. I will say that's one thing that I wish I could have. Wish I could have had a mindset now of you know have been in the Marine Corps. Right. You know, right. if you get knocked down, get yeah. right back up and you know go above and beyond to get back to where you were, at and then beyond right. further where you were. Right. So um, if I had this mindset, I probably would be probably would have been in uh, a lot better shape right. after after that. No. So that probably meant there were no track scholarship offers waiting, and I understand you also were a little bit tired of school by the time you're done with high um, school. Is that right? Yeah, none. There was uh, there were a couple looks back in my younger younger years, um, just because of the uh, not the actual running part, but for long jump. Right. Um, you know, I, I looked pretty good in the long jump my sophomore year, but um, after the injury, and I, I let it after. Uh, letting it get to me the way it did mm-hmm. um nah it was no it wasn't any more looks or offers after yeah. that so yeah. um and then by the time we were i was done um with school and graduation i was 
It's about ready to take a break. <laughs> so you're gonna take a little bit of time off of uh, coming out of high school to mm-hmm. to find yourself or what or what have you. But you kind of had an idea of ultimately what profession career wise you wanted to go was mechanics. Right? Yes, yes. By the time I got out of high school, like I said, I wanted to be a uh, growing up. I wanted to be a police officer, a firefighter, a doctor. Um, doctor stuck for a while, but in the long run, towards the end of graduation, it was uh, I started taking automotive classes, mm-hmm. uh, and it really made me pretty much choose the path I actually wanted to go, which was being a mechanic. Um, Mm -hmm. I like to work with my hands and things. Mm -hmm. Um, And learning how, you know, a vehicle works, Mm -hmm. uh, I I just love fixing. Right. um, Fixing vehicles. If I can always fix a vehicle, uh, it's fun. I don't know know what it is, but it's just fun. We actually get down and dirty and then, you know, something that was broken and not working. you go in there and you actually fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, you fix it yourself. You get your hands dirty, and you know once you turn that car on and everything, you know runs smooth and it purrs well. And this is, it's you know you you did that right. Like you know that's something you did, mm-hmm. and that's that's what that's what I love about it. Yeah. Um, when it comes back on and it works, and you know I fixed it, and you know I'm like yeah, I fixed it. <laughs> you know I know it's wrong. <laughs> you know I, I figured it out. You know I did this. I did that. I did such and such and made it work, right. you know. So now it's now it's working, and then also you know you you did the job, so you right. know how the job was done. That's you know right. if it was a good job, if it was a bad job, you have to worry mm-hmm. um, about how the job was done. Of course, you save money, save a little bit of change, keep a little bit of change in your pocket. Um, from, from there, it was once I realized that that's that's the pretty much basically the way I wanted to go. But again, those core classes, I just yeah to go to technical school, yeah, and take those core classes. Yeah, it's not just it's it's not what I it wasn't what I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought I was just gonna go in there and just start taking apart engines, but right. like, nah, buddy, you gotta you gotta do your core classes. Right. Still gotta do your math, science, and social studies, and mm, good old English, good old English. So that's in the back of your mind, and at the mm-hmm. same time, you're you're developing a work ethic through something that you and I have in common, and that's the fact that we both worked at McDonald's. Yes, a good place to work, good yes. place to learn. I love McDonald's. I do. Like I, I would. Thank God you burn a lot of calories. I can guarantee. Yes, you that. yes. I have to. <laughs> I love it so much, but I do have to. I have to. Uh, I got to make sure I'm. I'm. Af- I'm staying active. Right. I can't uh, just eat McDonald's and sit on the couch. Right. I would definitely be way out of shape. <laughs> but I, I, I loved it. Um, working at McDonald's was really. It was. It was fun. Right. Especially working around the people that I worked with on my shift. Um, a couple other. I didn't like it at first. I'm not gonna lie. I, I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I changed um, changed shifts towards the the evening shift, we had a crew and a group that came in um, all around the same time. It was it, it just it, be, it just became fun, right? You know, being around the people, we always laughing, no matter how busy it got or you know how slammed we might have been. Mm-hmm. Um, we always found a way to make it fun, mm-hmm. especially when my brother started working there. It was just it just it was fun. And it and requires then, a lot of coordination, a lot of yeah. A lot of yeah. hard work, a lot of uh, patience for each other. A lot of patience for each other and the customers. <laughs> but it's uh, it, it's fun. And, of course, you could, uh, I don't know if they still do it now, but uh, you used to be able to pretty much eat whatever you wanted. Create your own. Yeah. Eat, eat whatever yeah. you wanted on your break. Go ahead and make make whatever you your heart desires and then eat it. <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, it was fun. I used to make some, had some pretty interesting creations. 
for uh, for my lunch breaks. You get really creative back there on that table making the food. Say so what's the, what's the like a quadruple burger with Big Mac sauce on not a Big oh, Mac. Oh man, um, I didn't do it, but I know some people who made a. Uh, they take the big the big Angus meat, mm-hmm. um, and they'll just get like three of them and just put like multiple pieces of cheese in between and a whole layer of tomatoes and lettuce and onions and pickles and just it's just a can't get it in their mouth massive burger yeah and uh yeah they needless to say we had the mcdonald's had to put some restrictions <laughs> on uh or make sure they have it at the end of their shift because yeah. they're gonna take a nap when they yeah, come back from something. their lunch break <laughs> Difference Makers Podcast is a great way to learn about Savannah and those who make the city tick. But there's a catch, of course, the two-week wait between episodes. Keep up with all that's going on in our town on a more regular basis by signing up for our free newsletters. We deliver an opinion page newsletter daily, and our news team does likewise. And for the foodies and Georgia Southern fans among the audience, weekly newsletters on those topics are available as well. Visit savannahnow.com newsletters now to get those newsletters delivered straight to your email inbox. Again, that's savannahnow.com slash newsletters. So you're, you're, you're doing pretty well at McDonald's, but you, but you know what? You want to be a mechanic. Mm-hmm. You come from a, a military family, so you know what mm-hmm. that's all about. Mm-hmm. What ultimately drives you to the, to the recruitment office? Well, one day, I was on Instagram. Uh, my brother, he's, actually, um, he's in the Marines as well. Um, he joined about a year, about a year and a half, about almost two years before me, mm-hmm. ahead of me. And um, uh, I, I saw him on Instagram one day. He just looked like he was having a, a lot of fun with his friends. You know, like he just had a good time, you know, a, a good night on the town. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, it hit me one day. I'm like, you know, he, he always looks like he's having a good time. I, I want to have a good time. Let me, let, me go, let me go join the military. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't want to join the Army because uh, everyone... Uh, a lot of people that I knew right. joined the army. Right, it's yeah. very common. I don't like yeah, being a lot of your part friends of were probably Fort Gordon kids too, right? right? And I didn't, I didn't like being mixed in with the common crowd. I don't, right. I don't, Follow the I don't crowd, really right. like it. So, you know, I liked to. I wanted something that was different, a little bit unique. I didn't want to do the Air Force. I just that, that just wasn't. They weren't appealing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It just it just wasn't appealing. Um, they honestly never really crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. And but. Uh, my two choices were the Navy and then just to follow my brother in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Well, when I picked him up from, uh, when we went to go pick him up from boot camp, mm-hmm. there's a sign that says, we make Marines. I was like, yeah, y'all do. I will never be walking up under this sign again. <laughs> I will not be back here. Like, you got me all the way just messed up if you think I'm going to come to a boot camp and just just be drilled all was day, Was this across day the for, river in Paris Island? Yeah, this, yes. yeah this is in Paris Island. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, no, it's, it's, not, it's not for me. Yeah, that's just not for me. I'm not. I'm not doing it. And then, uh, lo and behold, two years later, <laughs> here I go walking up on. And that was so funny when I when I went up under that sign for the first time. I was like, "Yep, did not see this think I was going to be back here." I said I was not going to see this sign ever again. I said y'all wouldn't make me a marine. I will not be running up under the sign. I will not be drilled. I won't be back here. Y'all are crazy. And here I am looking at this sign and I was it was almost like the sign was just peering down at me like yeah uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, flashing oh, at yeah. You. <laughs> yeah like yeah you said uh said you wouldn't be back huh you're right welcome back mm-hmm. but um yeah after that it was uh, I went to the uh 
to the recruiter station and uh, I wanted to go Navy at first, but I didn't even, I'm not going to lie, I didn't make it to the Navy. Um, I went to the Marine Corps. I can't remember why I didn't go into the Navy first, but I went to the Marine Corps recruiters first. And uh, from there, I was already, that was just automatically sold. It was just a sense of pride that he had and pride and professionalism. Uh, I'm pretty sure it sounds like what everyone says when they walk into a Marine Corps recruiter's right. office. But um, They sold John the few, the proud. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah, real quick. But I will say, contrary to what a lot of other people say, my recruiter didn't lie. He told me he told me pretty much everything straight. Everything that he said was pretty much what it was, except for my MOS. But um, just say he told you you were going to be doing, you requested yeah. to do something so, specific and didn't yeah. get there. Right? I thought I was going to be working on the big. Like he, I, I told him I want to be a mechanic. He was like, "All right, you're going to be a mechanic." I thought it was going to be, um, which he didn't lie. I just I already had a thought in my mind of what it was. I never really specified or asked him to specify. Mm-hmm. So I thought. Um, I was going to be Motor T, a Motor T mechanic. I thought I was going to be working on the trucks and the, mm-hmm. the Humvees and things like that. But I ended up uh, being a heavy equipment mechanic, right. um, working on the the tractors and things like that. And I was so mad at first. I was like, this is not what I wanted. Uh, I didn't want to work on tractors. I just I wanted to work on trucks because they were more like actual vehicles. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I, you know, if I can work on these trucks, I can work on any other vehicle. But once I actually started going through and getting all the training and uh, learning what it is to be a heavy equipment mechanic, one of the things I really, I really did love and that does set you up for um, when you transition back into the civilian world is uh, hydraulics. Right. Um, learning hydraulics and the electrical systems. Um, learning how to read a schematic and things like that. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's actually really fun. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting. It's so much that goes on an attractor mm-hmm. that uh you know some people go to school just for a specific things some people go to school just for hydraulics right same people go to school just for electronics right with our mos you have to get all of that in one mm-hmm. so you learn how to read a schematic you learn how to um deal with hydraulics as well as uh your basic mechanic functions so it, it was really interesting and i really i enjoyed it and i i appreciated that I wasn't where I was where I thought I was going to be right. honestly I, I still would have enjoyed it I'm pretty sure but I I, I really do enjoy this right. um, you being, said it was two years in technical school versus eight weeks yes or it, it takes like a six couple times years as much yeah where it takes years to learn you know the the, the basics yeah of uh, hydraulics or um, electronics or anything like that or even just uh, being a basic mechanic where it takes a couple years uh, we got to pretty much a crash course in all like all of that combined in eight weeks yeah and then uh yeah. so you get the needless basics to say you learn it was, on the job from there yeah needless to say it was it was a pretty pretty compact school yeah. uh we were we were pretty busy right. learning a lot and um but also experience the experience you get on the job afterwards we're working with uh the marines who've been you know doing it for a few years mm-hmm. Uh, you you learn a lot. Experience is uh, a lot better than someone or something like reading a book, mm-hmm. you know, or learning from a book. Doing it actually hands on, it's 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 a lot better. That's why uh, it's the reason why a lot of people love experience over someone who just came from that's right. a schoolhouse. That's right. Um, but the the experience you receive from uh, doing it on an everyday basis is 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 great actually. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you may not be like master certified, you actually, I know some, I've known some 
Marines who actually, you know, they transition out uh, after their first or second, you know, um, enlistment. Mm -hmm. And they're they're doing really well um, just based off of what they know. You know, they're not they they weren't certified when they were out um, when they the time they transitioned out. But the road to actually getting their civilian certifications was really easy. Um, and the jobs they got in between hand uh, were were really good. Right. So they're, they're the experience you receive may yeah, you, you may not be certified on paper, mm-hmm. but uh, there are some really really good uh, mechanics and really good uh, Marines in general um, who do uh, all these different other MOSs who get a lot of experience and they're uh, they're they pretty much know their job really well is is just about as someone who does have that certification in the civilian world another part of your assignment here is and you did it today is november the 12th so it's the day after veterans day and another Mm -hmm. part of your assignment here is to be part of the color guard yes you said you did it in a parade yesterday what was that experience like in the parade yesterday um just a little note it kind of (laughs) hurts Holding that, uh, holding that big flag in the wind for that long. <laughs> yeah, it hurts a little bit, but no, it's uh, it's fun just to w- walk around and uh, when you're marching in that parade, you have uh, you're holding the colors and you're being that representation for the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. and uh, just having that sense of pride and you know seeing everyone salute as you walk by and the crowd, uh, the crowd at the parade is cheering on, you know the Marines. It's it's a it's a it's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a really great feeling. It lets you know that uh. Everyone is still on board with the Marine Corps. You know, everyone loves the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a saying that America doesn't need a Marine Corps, but, you know, they want a Marine Corps. Right. And to see that America still wants a Marine Corps to this day um, is it's a great feeling. Right. And then having having that, uh, that responsibility of holding uh, or pretty much representing the Marine Corps mm-hmm. um, and something you know, high and something so high visibility like that is it's rewarding. Mm-hmm. It's um makes you have a sense of pride in what you do. And uh makes you proud that, you know, you're able to be that be that representation. And your excellence in that duty may op- may open up another opportunity soon. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. I have the opportunity to um actually be screened to be the thirty ninth color sergeant of the Marine Corps. Uh it's a it's a very big um very big responsibility we don't take it lightly mm-hmm. and uh it's it's a i'm honored actually to yeah. even be considered for yeah. the position what all does that entail uh, so all that that entails uh just like what we did for the parade mm-hmm. uh, for the veterans day parade yesterday it's just like that but on a on a bigger more um detailed scale mm-hmm. um it's uh you hold the colors and you represent the marine corps as a whole um, you're the senior NCO in the Marine Corps that holds the colors. Um, you hold not only the Marine Corps colors, but, of course, the national mm-hmm. ensign, the uh, American flag, mm-hmm. and the presidential flag for, you know, White House ceremonies right. as well. So all the White House ceremonies, yeah, yes. All of the White House ceremonies, yeah. yes. Um, as well as, you know, you're the one in joint color guards with other branches when we do a, uh, uh, any any big ceremonies that require all of the services to be represented right you are the one representing and um it's it's a big again it's a big responsibility yeah. um and make sure you're on your p's and q's at all times right it's it's also a great honor right. um to do to be able to do that and again i, I do 
uh, I thank all those at Marine Barracks Washington for even giving me the opportunity yeah. to do that. Even seeing the seeing me as someone who's could even be fit to do that, I, I do. Uh, I am thankful for that. Yeah, it'd be a big deal for Savannah to see you there. We certainly uh, we certainly wish you well in that endeavor. We are speaking with Marine Corps Sergeant Anthony Kingdom with the Savannah Toys for Tots Foundation on this episode of the Difference Makers podcast. Before we continue this discussion, let's pause and recognize the Difference Makers presenting sponsor and a real difference maker in our community, the Savannah Economic Development Authority. Team at CETA is pushing to make Savannah a great place to work and live. CETA is committed to creating, growing, and attracting jobs and investment in the Savannah region. Whether a business looking to relocate to the Savannah region or an existing business ready to grow and expand, CETA is the centrifuge of a propeller, making the connections, helping propel the business to success. Learn more about the Savannah Economic Development Authority and what they do in the Savannah community by visiting CETA.org. Now back to Sergeant Anthony Kingdom. Let's turn now to Toys for Tots. Yes. And this is your third year involved in the program, but first year coordinating it. Kind of talk a little bit about what is involved in leading a Toys for Tots effort. Um, you have a you get a you get a bigger sense of respect for you know someone when you actually are in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a much bigger respect for you know my predecessors who were previous coordinators because um, it, it it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It is a lot that goes into it. You have a, a, a lot of moving pieces that you got to make sure don't fall by the wayside. Yeah. Um, yeah tell us about that process. How, how does it? We we only see it. We see the boxes, and we know the kids get it at the end. What else is involved? So, you know, um, local businesses and organizations they'll come to us, and uh, they'll ask to be, you know, a part of it. Um, and you can either host an event, or um, not only host an event, but you can be a drop site for um, others to donate to. So, you know, if you're a drop site for the toys. Um, you know, you'll we'll hand you boxes, mm-hmm. a certain amount of boxes that you need, mm-hmm. and uh, once they get filled, or once they uh, the time comes around for our, um, us to do our collections to receive all the toys back, um, we'll come around. Uh, someone in a Toys for Tots um, insignia mm-hmm. will come around, and we'll gather all the toys from all the businesses, um, and then we'll bring them back to our warehouse, make sure they get counted and sorted, and make sure there's no. Uh, any broken toys or anything like that so we actually hand we do like all of the counting and sorting by hand um we do use a lot of volunteers uh, which we do we are thankful for them as well mm-hmm. um but it's you know we'll take the toys one by one count them sort them inspect them make sure they're good and uh once they're all counted and accounted for and organized mm-hmm. we'll have our uh local nonprofit organizations and churches come in they have ones that have been registered through them um families and children that have been registered to them will um, give them the toys and they will distribute them in the way that they see they best see fit so the united and, way salvation army yes, the united way them. salvation army um the ymca, YMCA right we have a, a a few local churches as well that have uh registries um and they'll come and pick up the toys they'll do all the um distributions uh we can't make it to every single distribution but you know we try to find one or two um and like i said the the year prior they did one and it was um it was really nice they had a big um display of toys in the middle as well as around the the walls of the building they came in it was like going christmas shopping you know right 
Um, they'll come in, they'll get their, um, their certain amount of toys, and then they'll get their stocking stuffers and teddy bears and their books and then go check out. Mm-hmm. Um, you were saying a lot of times you have to send them back to get more stuff yeah, because people yeah. are so... Some, uh, so the checkout process is not only to make sure, you know, you know, people aren't being you know greedy and taken away from other children. Right. Because um, they only pick up a certain amount of toys. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, you, we can't just give out a whole bunch of toys mm-hmm. um, to one child. It takes away from another child. Right. So, you know, not only do, you know, are we inspecting for that? We are, again, making sure that, you know, you're not being too, too humble. Right. Um, you know, there's there's some that are, are really not used to receiving many things. So they'll go in and they'll just, you know, they'll be sheepish and go grab maybe one really small item and try to check out that where we're like, no, you got to go back and get more. Mm-hmm. You know, we go, go, go pick up a, a stocking stuffer and a book and, mm-hmm. you know, stuffed animals and go get like a, a another toy or two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, actually, we, we want to make sure everyone actually has a good Christmas. You know, it's, it's not, um, we're not trying to be stingy or we're not trying to be or anything of that nature Uh, we're not trying to take away from any other children we're not trying to do anything you know against you per se we're trying to make sure everyone has a great christmas um what are some of the looks on the faces what was it (laughs) oh man they're great they're great especially the ones who are um extremely humble and they just try to walk out with one thing and we tell them to go back and get more and their face just lights up and big smiles and you know some of the the tears of joy and not not just on the children's faces but the the parents as well right you know it's just it's it's a wonderful feeling like i said earlier you have to start taking your jacket off because your your heart's getting so warm starting to warm your whole body yeah so, sweating a little bit huh? yeah <laughs> get some exciting sweats it's fine though. So today's November the twelfth. Mm-hmm. You actually started the drive back in October. Where are we on October twelfth? And if people want to drop gifts off, I know it. Once we get to Thanksgiving weekend, is mm-hmm. probably when your big flood comes. Mm-hmm. But as you build now, where are you, and where can people do some toy drop offs? Right now, we're still um, in the the early stages. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a lot of toys in our warehouse as of right now, but we also haven't. Uh, done any pickups yet right. we're still dropping off boxes believe it or not right um we're still getting um organizations and businesses requesting boxes mm-hmm. so we're still doing box drop-offs um we haven't picked up many toys yet we've haven't done uh many events mm-hmm. as um as well so we we're uh we're still in our early stages um so you do toy drives actual events where yes yeah yes uh i believe tomorrow we actually have an event at um the holiday and opening ceremony, mm-hmm. the ribbon cutting ceremony, mm-hmm. and then uh, we have the uh, another one. We're partnering with uh, the Salvation Army mm-hmm. um, and doing a kettle event with them, mm-hmm. and then um, we have a another bike ride coming up on Saturday. Okay, um, they're going to do a toy drive on Saturday with uh, a bike group in uh, Buford. Okay, so we're still in our like I said, we're still in our early stage. We're starting to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to pick up now. And, um, you know, once the around Thanksgiving time frame comes around, I think that'd be, uh, that's again, like you were saying, that's our big push. And, uh, that's when we'll start to receive a lot of our, our, our donations. And then that's when we'll have to start our pickups because we're going to get calls like, Hey, our boxes are starting to yeah, overflow. Boxes like, are full. Yeah. I'm empty you get another one? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you want, we'll pick up some more and drop some more off. Yeah. We'll, we'll clean one out and drop yeah. you an extra one. 
Um, and that's that's something that is great and uh, um, amazing. We love doing that. When we have to go pick up a box and drop off another empty box, that is great. When we have to we have to pick up early from you and uh, drop off again, uh, that's 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 a great feeling because that means it's 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 coming along. It's coming right along. And, um, What's the trend in terms of total gifts in recent years? Um, so for the Tourist Retires program as a whole, um, since it started back in um, with Major Bill Hendry back in 1947, since then, from 1947 up until now, uh, it's been over half a billion toys nationwide, wow. which is extraordinary to me. I just, yes. I'm, I'm, you can't even imagine how many <laughs> toys piled up. Right? Yeah. Like if you just think about trying to put that in a warehouse, like that's... Right. Well, I need a few warehouses for that. Right, many. Yeah. But um, annually, it's about 10 million nationwide. Right. Here in uh, Savannah, I believe it's uh, it's 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 around 10,000 a year. I believe. I think it's gotten up to about that high. Right. Um, and you said that that's kind of a for the person that's in your spot, which rotates every year. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of a challenge. You've got to meet that. Or yes, yes. We uh, last year, I believe. Uh, well, the fa- the past few years have been over 20,000 toys. Right. And uh, I want to make sure I keep that going. I don't want to break uh I don't want to break tradition or you know, break the record or break our streak, you know. Right. If we have uh like 19,999 toys, I might have to just go buy one. I was going to say you're probably stocking <laughs> up on some toys when you see them on sale now. Go right? make sure I make that 20,000 mark. You know, that's uh that's a great that's a great mark to try to catch though. Yeah. Um it makes the it makes every other coordinator after you know work that much harder. That's right. To make sure we're maintaining that standard. That's our standard that we have set, um, whether it was on purpose or accidental. That's our standard that has been set, and um, we want to make sure that we are meeting and going above and beyond that standard so we can continue to help as many um, as many children as we can. Difference Makers podcast to remind you about our other regular podcasts, such as the At Savannah Opinion Commute, hosted by yours truly with a new episode that posts every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The commute is the easiest way to keep up with the latest news and happenings that Savannians are talking about. Search for The Commute with At Savannah Opinion on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. Episodes are also available through the savannahnow.com website at savannahnow.com slash podcast. You can also check out our other podcasts, such as Georgia Southern Extra, with its focus on Georgia Southern football, the Do Savannah podcast, with its emphasis on local arts and entertainment, and the daily See You in the Morning podcast that offers a roundup of the day's headlines. You mentioned earlier that the founding of Toys for Tots. Yes. Can you kind of expand a little bit more on so, how uh, and when it started? Back in 1947, Major Bill Hendricks, with the uh, the help of a uh, a reserve unit, a Marine Corps reserve unit, raised about 5,000 toys, mm-hmm. um, you know, for kids in that in, in his area. And um, the commandant of the Marine Corps liked it so much that that very next year, in 1948, he made it mandatory across the board for all. Uh, Marine Reserve units to have a Toys for Tots to organization. Drive, yeah. And um, from then, it's just been growing. Like that, that back there with those 5,000, um, those 5,000 families, those 5,000 children 5, 000, yeah. um, made such a big impact that now it's grown into a big nationwide thing. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, I'm glad to see that. Yeah. It makes you proud. Um, it shows. Uh, a much better side for uh, the Marine Corps. Um, 
you know, it puts us in a position not so much as glory hunting, but it shows our uh, more compassionate side. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people see us as, uh, you know, we're, we're crazy, um, <laughs> psycho. You know, I've heard a lot of... Hollywood has done some, ooh, has not done the Marine Corps justice man, over I've years. heard a lot of things about Marines and, you know, it... This shows us, you know, that we're not only war fighters, but, you know, we're here to help. We're here for the community. We're here for um, the nation as a whole, not just to defend, but, mm -hmm. you know, su support as well. Support and serve. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. uh, it puts a different light on us. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear the term devil dog, you think of a war fighter. But then, you know, after, you know, seeing Toys for Tots, you also think of, you know, someone who's a friend. That's right. Gives you that connection in the community for sure, because yes. you are the the smallest branch by far. Yes, probably yes, the least visible far. branch. Yes, and uh, you know we do have that saying: "No worse enemy, no better friend." Right, and uh, that's that's what we hold ourselves to. Make sure we're professional. Make sure we're professional, upholding our standard that we have placed over ourselves at all times. Yeah, um, we take our professionalism very seriously. Mm -hmm. Now we want to make sure that we are sticking to that. Uh -huh. You mentioned Major Hendricks, and I'm cheating. I'm reading the pamphlet here, though. But, uh, you know, Major Hendricks, it was out in Los Angeles. And I yes. think that was kind of, that was probably advantageous to him because, according to this, Walt Disney designed the logo. Mm -hmm. So the little toy train was designed by Walt yes, Disney. Yes, by Walt Disney, and it's still used himself. to this day. That's right. Obviously, this touched people back all those many years ago and yes, it, um, it continues the, to touch people today. Impacts do do that to, to people. Mm -hmm. and But not only people, but, you know, to areas as a whole if you can impact uh you can impact one person you can impact many mm -hmm. impacts tend to cause people to move mm -hmm. um it'll cause people to you know want to get on board with whatever you have going on when they especially if it's a positive impact if it's a positive impact on somebody's life or or uh, not only their life but on you know uh, a certain area that they're in um that whole area can pretty much be impacted and start to move and uh, want to be a part of something positive as well, mm -hmm. and that's that's what that was was a it was a big impact, and it's it's made the way for what Toys for Tots is today, mm -hmm. and uh, you know without that impact there would be no Toys for Tots. That's right. Well, I want to encourage people as they start to shop for their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, their nephews, and you pick up the two or three toys at whatever your favorite store is, maybe throw an extra one in a cart mm -hmm. and drop it in the box on the way out. Is there anything, if you had to give people advice, is there anything mm -hmm. in particular that maybe you'd like to see more of in terms of types of toys or is it just? Um, whatever, goes? whatever your heart's desire, whatever you, um, whatever you can give. Yeah. Um, is it mostly young but, kids or is it all the way through teenage years? Um, yes, it is through teenage years. I, I believe uh, it's whatever you can give. Mm -hmm. We don't have a, a stipulation or restriction on anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of people tend to focus on the, the younger kids. When they see oh, yeah, Toys for Tots, yeah. they think about, you know, little the little, little kids yeah. and the younger kids. But we actually do go up to older kids, right. um, those in high school and things like that. So um, every year I've done this, I've seen the the older kids are always lacking. Right. Um, you see a lot of dolls, a lot of action yeah, figures. A lot of action figures, a lot of dolls, a lot of Hot Wheels. Right. And you know, things of that nature. But this year we're trying to do a bigger push on the the older kids oh, as well. Board um, games, skateboards. Yes. Yeah. Um skateboards. Um we have uh we actually got a, a, a nice size donation of uh drones. Okay. Yeah, we have about uh we got about fifty drones mm -hmm. donated and uh 
those go towards the older kids and mm-hmm. things like that. We had, um, it was not only, not only that sometimes, um, you know, a lot of kids like the, the jewelry, mm-hmm. the, um, fragrances and right. purses okay. for the, um, the younger ladies. Yeah. So toys and, and um, accessories for tots. Yes. And they also have, uh, headphones, um, mm-hmm. speaker systems, you know, mm-hmm. old, things like that. Right. Those are, you know, some, you wouldn't consider those toys, but mm-hmm. we do hand those out. Yeah. Um, some people wouldn't consider those toys, but we do. We count them as toys, and we hand them out and uh, make sure that the older kids also have something for Christmas. Um, you know, we're not going to give a, a 17-year-old a Spider-Man action figure. You know? <laughs> unless so, he really wants it. Unless they want it, yes, <laughs> unless they want it. The toys that we receive aren't um, – I do want to you know, do give a shout-out to everyone who, um, who does, you know, who, who donates. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially recently, because these uh, the donations that we receive, there aren't you know they're not like little a toy like, here, a toy there. Yeah, it's not like or or it's not like the little you know break of like small toys that aren't really yeah. you know the cheaper toys. Right. Some of these are actually really nice toys. Right. Um, like I was saying, we had some drones that were donated earlier um, earlier this year, but we've also seen a few, and it's not just one; it's like a few of them that come in. And it's like the the three foot action figures. Right. Um, or like the three foot or the three and four foot like actual playable light up action figures with the uh, with like the big uh, houses yeah. that they come in, and then we've had like uh, we've had a few um, kitchen sets donated, mm-hmm. and those are big. Mm-hmm. I I I didn't know uh, what it was last year when we received one. It just came in a big box, right? And uh, when we opened it, we were like, whoa, yeah. whoa. <laughs> this this is nice. That's right. It was it was a really big in detailed kitchen set it had all the accessories the um the plastic foods and mm-hmm. you know these are some really nice toys and we were just we were excited like when, when we see and you know, when we see that we see that people actually you know they're not just going out buying the first thing they see and just throwing it in there right everyone is actually in there looking for toys and trying to see what kids would like yeah. and you know actually care enough to take the time and you know actually go pick a toy right and have it donated right very thoughtful and, about it yeah you know, they actually want the kids to have a, a great Christmas instead of just, you know, throwing a toy here throw right. a, or a, a little toy here. Sure. You know, we, we, we appreciate that. Sure. And, uh, you know, keep it coming. Keep you it know, coming. Keep it coming. We love to see, you know, all these, these, these good and big and quote unquote fancy toys. Yeah. Um, cause we know once, as soon as a kid's, as a child sees it, like they'll just be lights them extremely up. excited Makes you know it a holiday for sure i'm pretty sure some kids might not be expecting these you know such good toys that they get yeah. and uh you know when they do see it i'm pretty sure their face lights up and they're actually surprised to see yeah. like you know whoa i'm getting a four-foot batman like, yeah you know that i i don't I, I know as a kid if i got a four well i love superman if i would have <laughs> probably got a four-foot superman i'm probably i'm pretty sure i still have that to this day so you know not only and that's the thing you know you know, when some of these children receive these toys, you know, it lifts them up and, you know, back to the impact that we were talking about, it makes an impact. Um, you know, a, a toy, a simple toy, you know, such as a drone or uh, a four-foot I, I can't get over that four-foot yeah, Superman, four foot, man. Yeah, that, that was, it was a really, it was a four-foot Batman, and it was nice. <laughs> like, it was, it was so cool. Like, I was, oh, man, just, like, I almost wanted to just. Like jump in the box with it and just follow it to the and see the child's <laughs> face. Yeah, you know who got it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was, 
I think about that to this day. Like, I wonder what that kid's face looked like yeah. when he's when he got that forefoot. You know, the smile is probably yeah, still on there. It's probably yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's probably sleeping with it. Right. Probably playing with it. Probably, it's probably his, one of his close friends. It would be. It would be for me. Yeah. I would take that thing everywhere. <laughs> um, but back to that, like I'm, like, you know, it could impact a child. Mm-hmm. You know, turn their whole life around. You mm-hmm. know, they could be. You know, sat down and in the dumps. Make and them that, feel special. That toy, mm-hmm. you know, that you actually put care into buying and um, donating, you know, could lift them up and, you know, just turn them all the way around. Mm-hmm. You know, turn that big old frown that was mm-hmm. almost permanent mm-hmm. upside down, mm-hmm. you know, and make it a, a huge grand smile. And that's that's what we love. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for all that you do, not only with Toys for Tots, but the, what you do to protect this country. We appreciate the service and appreciate what you do with toys for tots and best wishes and folks please get out there and find those boxes and put those toys in there thanks a lot sergeant kingdom thank you guys for supporting us we can't do it without you (laughs) thanks to marine corps sergeant anthony kingdom for sharing his story on difference makers for those who want to donate toys to the cause look for their boxes well their bins really at your favorite retailer or plug Savannah Toys for Tots in your favorite internet search engine. This is a rewarding way to give back during the holiday season. Thank you also to our presenting sponsor, the Savannah Economic Development Authority. You can tap into the Difference Makers archives anytime on your favorite podcast app to hear interviews with more of Savannah's community leaders, such as breast cancer survivor and the woman behind Margie's Law, Margie Singleton, as well as the Georgia Ports Authority's Griff Lynch and Chatham County District Attorney Meg Heap. Difference Makers is a production of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. Our next episode will post November the 29th and features longtime local high school basketball coach Tim Jordan. Thank you for listening.